Hey, and welcome to the Nordic Food Tech Podcast, where we speak with the leading entrepreneurs, organizations, ecosystem builders, and investors designing and enabling new food solutions in Scandinavia. My name is Annalisa Winther, and let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to Mia Maya Henson, a true veteran of the Danish food scene. She helped to grow food entrepreneurship by establishing many of the spaces and facilities that most entrepreneurs use today to get their businesses off the ground. This includes Copenhagen Food Space, Street Food Around the Lakes, and Kitchen Collective. In this episode, we discuss what each of these initiatives are, as well as how and why they got started. We also dive into the history of food entrepreneurship in Copenhagen and why it's such an interesting innovation climate. Hi, Mia Maya, and welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. So we like to kick off by asking everybody the same question, which is, when did you first realize, or was there a moment when you realized that you wanted to work within food? Uh, I'm not sure there was a particular moment. Uh, the reason why I work with food is because I'm madly in love with food. Uh, I basically live through food. Food is the reason why I wake up in the morning. Uh, and food is my primary choice for everything, for meeting social gatherings, everything. So working with food is the most natural thing for me to do. That's beautiful. And can you tell us what projects you are involved with and what your role is? So kind of who you are. My name is Mia Maya and I work within the food scene of Copenhagen uh, for the last uh, five years as an entrepreneur. Basically, I'm the founder, co-founder, initiator, entrepreneur of Kitchen Collective, which is a shareable kitchen, helping food entrepreneurs build up their businesses. Uh, then I'm also part of a, a festival called Street Food Around the Lakes. Uh, I'm behind a food innovation house called Copenhagen Food Space. Uh, and then also a startup program called the Greater Copenhagen Startup Program. Yeah, you're a busy lady. I know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have been around a long time in the scene and kind of seen it from the beginning. So maybe you can give us a little bit of an idea of when you started these projects, what the community was like, the food tech community. Uh, I think it was around 2014 you started these and then how it's grown today and the difference you've seen. Yeah. Uh, so when I started Kitchen Collective, I, I did it because uh, there was something I missed about the gastronomic landscape in Copenhagen. I was used to from traveling around that the uh, that the gastronomic uh, scenes in other countries is very open uh, and you can have gastronomic experiences in food courts and pop-up restaurants and street food kitchens. And you didn't see this in in Copenhagen uh, just five years ago. Uh, the only way to have a gastronomic experience was um, was to go into a restaurant and sit down on a table. Um, and uh, I wanted to change this. So and a lot of other initiatives uh, happening at this point. Uh, it was at this point where uh, the Copenhagen street food opened at the Paper Island, which became a very, very popular street food market in Copenhagen. And uh, it was also at this point where the municipality of Copenhagen eased the regulation for selling food. Actually, it has been uh, illegal in Denmark until 2008 to sell food on the street, uh, so it wasn't even possible. 
Uh, and uh, from 2013-14, the Easter regulation made it possible to sell food on the street actually for free. But where others were working with creating the urban environments that they want to see with food, I had the opposite approach. And I... Uh, I went directly to the the producers, the new entrepreneurs in this uh, food field. I know that, uh, or my feeling was that they have ideas and vision for a food scene that we couldn't even imagine. And uh, instead of creating the food scene that they should work in, I just wanted to help these people get them what they needed uh, in order to create this new food scene. Uh, so I engaged with these uh, new food entrepreneurs and then I realized that uh, because food was about to move from the restaurant to the street and to the event format, that what people just or what food entrepreneurs basically just needed was a kitchen, a certified kitchen because it's not allowed to sell food without it being prepared in a certified kitchen. Wow. And then that also evolved into the Copenhagen food space. Right, which is maybe you can explain the split because they're kind of connected, but they're also their own separate entities, if I'm understand yeah. correctly. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, okay, so in Kitchen Collective, we help with the very basic need. We help with uh, providing production facilities. Uh, so that's a place where people can get help and uh, get the hardware to their businesses. In Copenhagen Food Space, it's more like the software they can get, meaning Copenhagen Food Space, we call it a food innovation house. Uh, and the house consists of uh, an event platform uh, for food events. And then we uh, consist of a shared uh, office space. And it is in the shared office space where we also house our startup program. So the event space is um, meant for food ideas to be launched and tested. So where Kitchen Collective offer you the basic need of a production facility, uh, we know uh, that this is not the, 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 the whole solution for creating a food business. Uh, we believe that food is uh, created around the eating people. So you need a place where you can invite the eating people inside. And uh, it's not very sexy to be invited inside a production uh, kitchen, but it is very sexy to be invited inside Copenhagen food space because uh, the, the, one of the, the greatest assets of Copenhagen food space is, the, is our address. And we are placed in the, 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 um, uh, the old meatpacking district of Copenhagen, which is a very, very creative environment with a lot of other food uh, businesses. So, in short, um, Copenhagen Food Space is a platform for nurturing food startups uh, and uh, developing food projects within growth businesses. And uh, we uh, we are around 50 different people uh, split on 35 different companies who have our daily uh, businesses going on in Copenhagen Food Space at the shared office space. And then also we are we are organized as a cooperative, which means that everyone in the house is actually co-owners of the house. How does that work in practice in terms of shaping its own community? <laughs> yeah, it's a really good idea. Good question. Um, okay, so we work 
within different uh, areas. We have our separate companies and we just work around each other. Uh, but what we believe in in Copenhagen food space and the reason why we, we are a cooperative is because a cooperative fosters uh, and builds itself on the, the shared trained, the trade and the collaboration between each other. So in order to make this work, we have some very strong values uh, and uh, we say that in Copenhagen food space, we work um, open, diverse and generous in order to create uh, good, clean and fair food. So everyone in Copenhagen food space works for this in just their own different projects and companies. Uh, and this, uh, this shared set of values makes it possible for us to, to work together on an overall agenda and vision for, for the food system in, in Denmark and in the world. And just to understand, so one thing is providing the event space and then the physical production space, but are there other projects or services that these three entities provide to help startups scale and grow? I know you're also associated with uh, the municipality and some accelerator programs, so maybe you can touch upon the other resources you guys provide. Yeah, and that's more into the software part where we help uh, people with the knowledge that we have around the, the food scene and the opportunities and barriers within the food scene. So basically in Kitchen Collective, uh, we run a network for the food entrepreneurs in the kitchen. We call them kitcheners and we help them with the knowledge that we have around the, the food system uh, and thereby help them build up their business model. And in food space, uh, we run this uh, acceleration program uh, that we have together with the, the Growth Center uh, of Denmark uh, or the Growth Center of Copenhagen and the municipality uh, of Copenhagen. And uh, we take in uh, companies every spring and fall Uh, where we do some open workshops and we teach them in how to develop ideas and do the do the the the, the storytelling of your idea and then take it out on uh, uh, on a on a market to test it and uh, we room I think 50 companies on these uh, workshops every spring and fall and from this uh, we find out uh, we take out the cases uh, or the companies that we believe in and we uh, give them opportunity to be part of our acceleration program and our acceleration program rooms uh, 10 companies and uh, they are provided with an office space in Copenhagen food space and then they are provided with a mentor And then we give them a lot of external expert uh, help um, every week. So we invite experts from the from the industry in and uh, teach them and help them uh, with the opportunities and barriers they're facing. And even though that we provide them with a lot of expert help, we think that actually the the biggest uh, value that we provide them with is the is It's not the, the office space in itself, but it's the opportunity to become part of the network that we, uh, that we are facilitating in Copenhagen food space. Awesome. I'd like to take a second to zoom out because you have this amazing bird's eye view to hear how you would actually describe the Danish food tech ecosystem, as well as what our strengths and our weaknesses are. And with that, maybe you see a lot of different kind of startups 
starting up in their earliest stage. So maybe also the themes of what kinds of companies you see coming up today. Yeah. So the food uh, gastronomy scene is uh, uh, of Denmark is uh, one of the most uh, innovative food scenes uh, in the world, or at least the food scene in Copenhagen is one of the most innovative food scenes uh, in the world. Uh, and maybe it's even too early in our own history uh, to explain why this is happening, but um, my uh, humble explanation of it is that uh, we were one of the first countries to actually challenge the the French uh, gastronomy history. Of course, we saw it in Spain with the uh, El Bullian Adria, uh, but uh, it's not many who have challenged the French gastronomy um, until the Klaus Meyer uh, and a lot of other people started to working with creating the new Nordic uh, kitchen. And with the opening of uh, Noma, um, we, uh, we got a whole new perspective on, on Denmark and uh, the food industry. And uh, this, uh, this stated uh, food in a whole new um, way. <laughs> and uh, people got inspired to create food in, in new ways. And uh, this, uh, this, this story sort of uh, made these people into role models and inspired uh, new people to become part of the industry. So from this point, a lot of new people became part of the, the food industry. And uh, with new people, I mean people who are not educated uh, chefs. And uh, this is a very, very important uh, aspect, I think, of why we have become so innovative in, in Copenhagen. Because chefs, the culinary school almost around the world, everyone is taught by the same book, which makes it, why, why, which explain why people are not challenging the industry or why we are all creating the same in this industry. So this, uh, this new Nordic kitchen sort of uh, empowered and ex- uh, inspired new people to to take part in the industry and develop new food products. So because of Noma, we we started the a wave started in in Copenhagen where a lot of new big gastronomy uh, companies uh, opened and good new restaurants opened, uh, and this also inspired a lot of small-scale restaurants uh, to open. And that's mainly because of the, the business model in, in Copenhagen. It's really, really difficult to, to run a sustainable business as a, a, uh, as a high-level cuisine restaurant in Copenhagen. It's actually almost impossible. So a lot of these, uh, a lot of these gastronomy, high gastronomy-level restaurants started to open Second restaurants, so they they what I denote as the little brother or the little sister concept. So they they opened uh, a, a restaurant uh, uh, that was more um, more open towards uh, what to call it normal normal people, and uh, these restaurants sort of became uh, also a playground for for the high level gastronomy restaurants. This uh, sort of created this booming industry of newness within the field. And um, then a lot of new, new, new entrepreneurs started to work with new food concepts. 
And these new food entrepreneurs uh, have all sorts of uh, background. Uh, most of them was actually or are actually academics, just wanted to work with something new and meaningful and uh, get rid of their corporate lives and has seen uh, food as a, as a new opportunity. And um, uh, what happened uh, at, uh, at this point was that these new, new, new food entrepreneurs, they were not thinking in the classical term of being part of the industry. So where normally the only way to be part of the food industry was to, to become educated chef and then open your own restaurant, which is really, really expensive to do. Uh, so these new uh, ones, they start to think, uh, thinking in new methods and uh, they start, started to, to see other opportunities and they, they work with format as pop-up restaurants and street food and food courts and all these things that we know from other places in Europe and in the world. And um, the reason why this sort of formed a new food industry uh, or food, new food scene in Copenhagen is, um, to my opinion, because their new method was legitimized by the the high-level restaurant taking part in the same method. So it was not only the small, small new entrepreneurs who did pop-ups. It was also Ganeret who did pop-ups. Uh, it was not only the small entrepreneurs who did street food. Kinkin also worked with street food. So you know uh, Kinkin is a, is a, a, a high-level restaurant in Copenhagen as well. So, so because this uh, collaboration around the new method uh, sort of legitimized uh, this new uh, way of the of uh, the the industry, and uh, to my opinion, is the reason why uh, we sort of suddenly just saw a new uh, food scene that was very very innovative. Uh, and um, the the barriers <laughs> I see uh, for this food scene in in Copenhagen and in Denmark is that it's really small. So it's actually very tough to, to create a business here because it's a very, very small market. Um, and the strength about it is that it's uh, because it's so innovative uh, and because it's um, uh, we have developed the food scene in this direction, if you then make it on the, the market in Copenhagen, you are good. So it's a very, very good market to 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 test whether you have a good idea and uh, the the strengths about the food entrepreneurs in this market is that they are really really good at working uh, with an open mind they're really really good at make proof of concept and proof of business uh, especially because they engage their consumers uh, right from the beginning. So they work uh, without even knowing it. They work with lean startups in the way that they just go out and test themselves and their concept with uh, with consumers uh, from the beginning uh, and learn from the, the, the feedback they get from the market and then keep developing them themselves. It's really interesting because there's so many different perspectives of what food tech is. And I can hear it sounds like most of the entrepreneurs you see are working with real food products. It's not just software or ag tech or food tech. But I'm also surprised to hear that you I think you said you mainly have academics who are coming and starting companies because it sounds like there would have been a lot of chefs spilling over and coming into the food space wanting to start 
companies focused around products that aren't just restaurants and experiences. So what are the main themes of the profiles? Or is it really just a total mix? Um, it's a mix. But uh, on the background side, it's, it's really true. I don't see any chefs. Uh, I think maybe in Copenhagen Food Space, we have one educated chef. In uh, Kitchen Collective, I, I don't see any chefs either. Why do you think that is? Uh, because uh, because of the history in itself has inspired a lot of new people to become part of the industry. I think that educated chefs still are working in the very classical, traditional sense where they go out and open restaurants. And when you go out and open restaurants, uh, you you have another perspective of how to get your business started. The, the the food entrepreneurs that we work with, it's true they work with food and not that much uh, food tech. They create uh, concepts and new food products. And uh, uh, the common thing for all of them is that they, uh, they, they create food products uh, or concepts that are solutions uh, to the, the climate uh, and health issues. Uh, Uh, barriers that we see. Uh, so they work uh, and try to create sustainable uh, companies. This is a strength uh, for them that they have another background because they perceive the food industry in a whole other way. They ask all the questions that none of us have asked before, but the, they also face a lot of barriers when it comes to logistics And when it comes to producing the food, because, of course, they don't have the craftsmanship uh, as yet. Um, so they, uh, because of their, their mindset, they uh, um, have the opportunity to put the food scene in a new direction. Uh, but they also have uh, some barriers uh, in creating it because they cannot produce it themselves. I, I often um, have floated the idea that it would be interesting to see a chef incubator come out that's similar to what universities do for getting academics to bring their ideas outside of the university and into the quote unquote real world uh, with real life applications, because we do have so many chefs that come up with crazy innovative ideas every day. And then maybe it's just more of a creative practice than not. But it's surprising to hear that you don't have more chefs coming and joining your programs. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So another question is, what are some of the common mistakes you see startups making when getting a business off the ground or advice that you would pass on to somebody of common pitfalls? People who are afraid of sharing their ideas, people who go with their ideas too long in their head or afraid that people will steal their ideas, they're not sharing it uh, and get the feedback from the beginning. Uh, that's the, the biggest and most common uh, mistake that I see. Then it's also when people are about to create their company and uh, they don't uh, take in their learnings and uh, are willing to create new markets or new business models uh, for the companies. Uh, those I see who become successful is people who always Uh, learn from the from the market and uh, and create new business models when it's needed. Talking about success, are there any projects that you've seen come through your spaces that you'd like to highlight, or any great stories that uh, you would say re entrepreneurs should definitely look up to because they're doing something right? 
I don't know if I will highlight any specific cases. I think that the 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 food entrepreneurs that we see right now are very very brave because they they have a vision. They 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 have uh, something that they want to do. They want to change something uh, in this food scene and work with uh, some very very uh, um, great values for for creating a sustainable world. Uh, what I want to highlight about the food entrepreneurs in Denmark is that they are really, really good at collaborating. Uh, and I also think that's what makes them successful. So when none of these uh, see them, even though that they are creating the exact same products, they don't perceive themselves as competitors. They perceive themselves as collaborators, collaborators that must stick together in order to create a market for each other. Uh, they know that um, that even though that uh, they have eight others making uh, a fermented drink uh, these days, uh, they know that uh, it might not uh, that not all of the eight of them will will make it to the shelves in the retail store. But they know that if they don't work together, none of them will. Um, and this makes the food scene very, very admir- admirable, or the food entrepreneur scene in Copenhagen very admirable uh, at the moment, uh, because uh, they are really helping each other. And I think this is uh, a great tool for creating sustainable companies uh, where they are not conquering each other. Mm, definitely. What is your vision for what the Nordic food tech ecosystem should look like in 10 to 15 years? I know it's a big question, but... Uh, it's to kind of paint this picture of what we think the ecosystem should be and also to identify what we're missing to get there in order to make it a more productive environment for all of us. What I just uh, told about how I perceive the, the food entrepreneurs and the way they collaborate, I wish that this mentality could go to the whole food scene or the whole food industry. So it was not even the not only the small food entrepreneurs who were good at working together, but it was actually the whole food industry, the big companies and the small companies being good at working together. Uh, my vision for the for the Nordic food scene is that we become uh, the most ambitious uh, when it comes to creating a sustainable food market and sustainable for the environment, sustainable for the um, for the economy and sustainable for the for the humans uh, behind these companies. Um, and uh, in order to do so, I believe that we must create uh, a field where everyone can collaborate. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, so what's next for you? What are you guys most excited about? What's happening this year that we should be having our eyes and ears open to? In our work in Copenhagen food space, uh, we, keep, we keep getting new cases in, in our acceleration program and in the office. And uh, uh, I get so surprised almost every day about these cases, how ambitious they are in creating a new uh, sustainable way of uh, making businesses. So definitely have your eyes on the cases uh, coming out of Copenhagen food space uh, the, the next year. Then it soon will be summertime. Uh, and of course, uh, the, our great festival street food around the lake will uh, take place. And uh, for the first uh, year, uh, street food around the lake will become 
the true showcase of uh, food entrepreneurship in, in Copenhagen. Uh, street food, uh, of course, is a business in itself, but it is also a tool uh, for testing. Uh, in my sense, uh, street food is, uh, is equal to, to lean startup. So we will see a lot of new products and uh, concepts uh, being launched at this year's festival. That's very exciting. When is the festival? It's the second weekend of uh, August. Okay. And a more general question of if listeners want to get involved, if they want to join Kitchen Collective or the Copenhagen Food Space or the Food Festival, how do they reach out? What's the best way to get in touch? The best way to get in touch is just to call us or send us an email. You find all our contact information at kitchencollective.dk and cphfoodspace.dk. Awesome. And I have one last question for you because I'm curious if it's mainly Danish startups you see or Copenhagen-based startups you see coming to work in your spaces or if they actually come from all across the country or even all across the Nordics? Um, yeah, it's actually mainly uh, uh, Copenhagen-based companies. Uh, we also uh, see a, a great uh, amount of international startups, actually, uh, that perceives Copenhagen as a very, very good market. Back to uh, the point about Copenhagen be a very, very innovative uh, food scene these days. So people uh, go to Copenhagen and test out their ideas, which is amazing for Copenhagen. Definitely. Well, thank you for your time today. And we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Thanks for inviting me and thanks for letting me share my story. All right, guys, that's all for today. You can find the show notes and more episodes at nordicfoodtech.io. And if you like what you hear, please be generous and take the time to rate the show or share it on social media. This is all about creating better food solutions, and we can't do that without your help. I'm Annalisa Winther, and let's spread the word about the Nordic food tech ecosystem together. See you next time.